And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 K248BR in Santa Cruz and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for Cover to Cover with Jennifer Stone. Happy ending, nice and tidy, it's a rule I learned in school, get your money every Friday, happy endings are the rule, so divide up in darkness from the ones who walk in light light them up boys there's your picture drop the shadows out of sight this is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. It's 2017, boys and girls, January the 3rd. I came down with a severe case of trumpitis over the holidays, but I've decided to ignore the whole thing and escape, escape into the arts. And uh, I'm sick to death of, of electronic uh, media, although I still love the... Uh, the Hollow Crown, Shakespeare, all over television. God, I love it. Uh, I think that real theater, you know, where you're there and you're you're feeling the other people in the seat next to you, that's what makes, uh, what do you call that, uh, experience. It's like religion, you know. You have to go, go be with the other people and, <laughs> you know... Uh, Live the thing. Uh, I sometimes I can't stand it because I empathize with actors, you know, and uh, it's easier when they're just ghosts on the screen. But I thought the thing to do to start the year out was to get some uh, theater people, real theater people, and get them in here to talk to you. Uh, I have a pal named George Killingsworth, and he is starring in a play called. Darwin in Malibu. Right away you know that it is, uh, if not a satire, it is at least uh, a lot of fun. Yes, we have to make the world safe for satire this year, boys and girls. Uh, I also have with me the director. Uh, now, what did I do? What did I do, dear, with your... Uh, oh, ho, ho. No, 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 no. I had, I had a list of everybody that's in this and all of their backgrounds, that kind of thing. Anyway, uh, Bruce Coffin, who has been around not as long as George and I have. We are octogenarians, but, uh, Bruce has been around long enough to know what the hell he is doing. And I want them to tell you all about the show so that, uh, you will know what to do, where to go. Uh, Darwin in Malibu is playing, uh, even as we speak, at the Berkeley City Club. That's 2315 Durant, and it's set for, oh golly, it only runs until January 15th, so you have to hurry up. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, which one of you guys um, uh, has more fun? <laughs> has has more fun on on the waves? I think we should. I think we should ask the director first, George. Kind of what is that? Uh, uh, is there a hierarchy in the theater? <laughs> you know, you, you okay, Bruce. Bruce, uh, how long have you been in the uh, local theater? Have you been around for a long time? Well, uh, Jennifer, first of all, thank you very much for having us on. Um, I've been around Berkeley not nearly as long as you and uh, George, uh, since uh, about two thousand and seven. So um, it's been getting on there. I guess close to ten years. Um, we started the company, uh, Internet Theater in 2012. So we've been producing plays in Berkeley, uh, for the last four years. Golly, I've only been here since 1951. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been around, George? I came here in the, uh, late 50s when I entered, uh, seminary in 57. There you go. And graduated from PSR in 60. I beat yeah. you by a couple of years, but you you did um, you did theater then, or uh, you know I uh, I was reflecting on that that um, it, while in seminary I did a production of No Exit, a uh, uh. sword play, another uh, another place uh, this this. Uh, this star one in Malibu is in heaven, and that one was in, in hell. <laughs> oh, so yeah. I, so no, no exit is... from hell to heaven. It's perfect for the, theology. Everybody <laughs> who wants to be in the in the religion business has, has to do no exit. That's uh, right. Mm-hmm. I love that play. I just loved it. I had two pals, and we used to just act it out wherever we were. we just start mm. in on the lines, you know. It's kind of like designed for living, you know, these three people, <laughs> never right. mind. Anyway, what was your history, George, as a, uh, what do you call that, performer, man of the theater. You're also a man of the community. There's a long list of your credits in that area, but (laughs) stay with with what you did in the theater. Well, uh, you know, after seminary, I um, didn't think I wanted to go into the ministry, but uh, kind of backed into it working with the um, uh, California Migrant Ministry down in Delano. And uh, after that, had a um, church in Watts during the um, during the wild and woolly days of the Watts Revolt and all. Ah, uh, yes. So my path was kind of activism and um, social engagement, um, and not not really theater um, for many many years. Uh, but then, in my child rearing years, I was pushing my kids out on the stage all the time um, <laughs> and getting them involved. And but when the nest um, emptied, there was only one kid left to push out, and that was me. And I actually I blame you, uh, Jennifer, because it was your uh, bio or portrait of uh, Jean Sheldon in your book uh, Stones Throw my goodness. that made me enroll with her and the rest. Um, I got bitten uh, by the by the theater bug uh, ever since. So. We never know what what effect we actually have. I never think about that. My God, I uh, I don't like to think about it too much. My goodness, you know, Margaret Atwood the other day she said, "I'm always happy to corrupt youth." Yes. Right. Every chance I get. Now I was thinking as you spoke of uh, seminary, I 
have always assumed that everybody knew or felt, you know, that actors were, uh, if not theologians, well, they're priests, the original job of priests, mm-hmm. you know. It's all the same. Storytellers. Of course. Uh, just like theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, it's even before the Greeks, um, what is that? The I think it's Christianity or one of those patriarchal religions decided that <laughs> theater should be separate, separate, mm. and that it was um, somehow or another, you know, it was closer to hell than it was to heaven. So, you know, they had to act out on the steps of the uh, church, you know, uh, and do morality plays out there. And mm-hmm. uh, they didn't even get a grave spot, if I remember. They, you know, what do we call that? Uh, oh, sacred ground. They were not buried in sacred ground. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they, yeah, like suicides. That's it. Like suicides. They had to be buried in uh, some <laughs> some place that hadn't been consecrated. Never mind. It's all nonsense. We know that theater and uh, uh, politics, theater and religion are all of a piece. We just change the names, you know, mm. to confuse the people. Mm. <laughs> anyway, tell me about this play. Either one of you, Bruce, George, what do you think it's about? Is it, uh, is it, is it going to help me with my pursuit of Zen wisdom? Of course, <laughs> of course. Yeah. We all, everything helps you in your pursuit of Zen wisdom. <laughs> but I loved what you said about the, uh, about the theater, uh, its relation to, to, religion because they are uh there's something that happens in a theater you actually get transported out into what's actually a different world that's created in the theater and i think one of the you know which makes it similar to uh these other areas where you look at transcendental experiences and i think it's one of the things that makes theater dangerous i think that's one of the reasons over the over the the ages uh, that theater has been viewed as being dangerous because it does give you access to, in a sense, different knowledge in the same way that uh, um, religious, uh, you know, aspirations do. Um, this play, uh, you know, of course, it's kind of takes the form of a, um, you know, a fantasy. It's, it's really just like it sounds. It's Darwin living in a beach house in Malibu 150 years uh, after uh, he's published his famous book. So it's a, it's a, in a sense a fantasy and it's a, in a sense kind of a comedy. Um, but underneath it all is this question of, well, what's really happening here? You're 150 years after your death, living on a beach in Malibu, what is actually going on? So it, that's that kind of premise that the, that the play starts with and then by the end uh it comes back to well what really is this um uh, you you can't treat it quite so uh lightly at the end uh and that's what we like about it it kind of sneaks up on you is he distressed by what has been done with his ideas or not done uh the response to his work over the century well it's uh the the playwright is taken as a kind of the the form of this play uh darwin himself was uh um, he was very reticent to uh, publish. Um, he, he waited 25 years to publish mm-hmm. Origin of Species and only did when he was kind of forced to because he knew the kind of controversy it was going to engender. And uh, he really did not want that. And, and even after it was published, he did not publicly defend it. He left it to others. And two of the famous uh, uh, fellows that that 
battled this uh, right off the bat. Thomas Huxley and uh-huh. Samuel Wilberforce mm-hmm. are also characters in this play. Um, they had a famous debate uh, in <clears throat> 1860, the year after Origin of Species was born, where they f- publicly battled out the ideas about uh, um, the implications of evolution. And uh, Darwin always was very uh, reticent to get into the fight. And in the play, he um, tries to... Um, um, kind of uh, leave that fight to them and then take them to a new place because they actually um, leads them from that kind of old question about <laughs> evolution versus religion Just into the question today, yes. <laughs> into the, the question of well what are we really doing here what is what is it what is it being here Yes, I think, yeah, I think it is fascinating to see that it's always all the same, just changing the names. Evolution deniers are the same as today's, what do you call it, environmental, ecology, whatever the word is, the people Mm -hmm. who do not see what's happening. You know, you speak truth to power. Uh, there's a play called Enemy of the People I remember doing mm-hmm. long ago by Ibsen. Yep, That's yep. 150 years ago. It's about a doctor who's trying to, um, oh, there's polluted water in his community, you know, and people refuse to, uh, uh, see. They simply deny because they're the money, you know. Uh, it's the same thing, uh, always. But is Darwin in, now, let me, figure this out um do we have mostly darwin's opinions or the opinions of those responding to him well darwin gives a lot of his opinions about the beach and about the pelicans and about the uh uh what it's like to live the good life um he's uh but he gets uh pulled back in by the uh his his two friends from the old days to uh um i don't know what would you call it george uh well, he uh, he's he's kind of transcended that debate uh, and and uh, graduated from it, and is open to new um, adventures and new discoveries and new uh, curiosities um, that are um, tugging at him. Uh, for instance, uh, he reads the horoscope daily. He uh, uh, smokes pot. He uh, uh, is uh, open to uh, the wisdom of uh, young people. Um, these kinds of age. things that uh, that he he no longer is uh, tied to his uh, scientific method as the only way of no- uh, as the uh-huh. only way of knowledge. And um, so he's uh, he's trying to loosen up um, Wilberforce and Huxley, I think. Yeah. Uh, he has way. any use for orthodox religion, or does he just dismiss that? Well, he, uh, interestingly religion. enough, uh, he um, he uh, conducts Bible study uh, with these guys with uh, some uh, uh, interesting twists on uh, <laughs> on the Bible, uh, and um, and really um, turns Wilberforce the. Um, the the Bible pounder around, um, contrasting uh, facts and truth. Uh, Wilberforce is kind of a, a biblical literalist uh, initially. Mm-hmm. I, I think of that uh, that phrase about uh, people that use the Bible like a uh, like a drunk uses a lamppost, <laughs> uh, always for support and never for illumination. Yes. Well, yes. Um, well, I think Dor- Darwin uh, brings a lot of illumination in, in the course of this. Uh, these interchanges. 
And um, his wife was such a good Christian, it upset her a little bit. Oh, but, indeed, yeah. letting letting loose these um, these discoveries, these secrets, these uh, locked up diaries, uh, which is a, which is a metaphor in, in our play here, is is dangerous. Uh, if you read someone's diary, uh, you might find out something you don't want to know. If you explore. Um, the Galapagos and evolution, you might find out some things that are bad news to mm-hmm. to the world and to your wife and to yourself. Uh, Dar- Darwin started out as um, uh, to be uh, in the clergy, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I think didn't yeah. didn't his the death of his little daughter? Oh yes. Uh, I think that was the end of his um, yes being a man of That's faith, where he lost God in the heart. Before he lost it, God in the head by the loss of his daughter, and that's uh, that's portrayed in our in, uh, in our in our play. Is she is she one of the characters in the play? No, well, a memory though. And in fact, the the whole uh, whole subject of loss and death and mortality is um, is explored quite uh, extensively. Uh, because uh, both Wilberforce and, and Huxley have had uh, losses, too, that they're reflecting upon. Yeah, the 19th century was uh, very at home with death. Mm. <laughs> oh, everywhere, everywhere, everyone uh, had lost mm. a child or a parent very early on. It's not the same today. Today we can be in denial most of the time. We don't have to look at death. But, mm. uh, you know, the... Uh, Nineteenth well. century writers, you know, they, mm-hmm. they there was nothing they um, couldn't deal with uh, when it came to uh, not just death and dying, but mortality. They weren't afraid to discuss mm-hmm. it. At the same time, it pretty much I say made them neurotic, but it it made them a little frail, uh, <laughs> you know. Which is why, of course, you know, where there is where there is pain, there will be a god. You have to ask somebody to help. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what do you guys... I was going to say, um, do you guys... Uh, you rehearsed this show for how long? We rehearsed it... Uh well, I actually worked with uh, the actors for a number of months. Actually, uh, George... Um, I brought the play to George... Uh, uh, Damn near a, a year, year ago, ago. Yeah. yes, um, and we did a reading of it uh, at the Berkeley City Club. Um, so, and then we decided to produce it. To produce it, so um, George and I have been talking about it for really all that time. Um, and then uh, the other actors I worked with uh, um, over a number of months, actually, um, kind of getting together every now and then uh, and talking through the, the play um, before we started formal rehearsals um, in uh, the end of uh, November. So yeah, That's the way to do it. A thinking theater is very hard to come yeah. by, you know. My, it's a yeah. wonderful um, opportunity to mm. explore it pretty deeply, yes. And yeah. dig in. Uh, I think uh, every time I hear that, you know, a Broadway play has become a movie, I check to see if the original actors are in it, like Fences. Uh, there's mm. several others just at the moment where you think, oh, sure, that's how they got so... Um, I don't know, deep, many layers, you know, you can tell. And uh, if you're going to make a film, uh, you know, uh, sometimes you only have a day to to soak up the, mm-hmm. the emotions. But I think, uh, I think this play now, is it, what is it? Uh, I'm thinking of the audience. Um, can they expect uh, 
Romance, tragedy, <laughs> comedy. Does anybody fall in love? Is there love interest? Well, there's a lot of talk about love. Um, <laughs> it, it's not. It's not a traditional um, romance. Uh, all of the characters, of course, it, 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 it has these interesting qualities, and I think George will might uh, bear me out on this. It's because of the fact that it's. I mean, it's ultimately. Uh, you know, our, our company does plays that are based on science and and the big questions as opposed um, to sex and violence uh, well <laughs> yes um a lot of our plays the plays that we produce have been do- about science and scientists uh-huh. um this play uh you know is is really more about a, a big question play there's a lot of science in it there's a lot of science talk um kind of i hope fun science talk um but ultimately it becomes about um these people that are are um have experienced all of the loss that you've talked about and in, in all the ways that you can imagine. Um, and then, but are still here. They're still here on the stage. They're still experiencing this, um, whatever this is. And that becomes ultimately the question of the play. And I think for that kind of a, of a thing, uh, once you work on it, I mean, even with all the, t- the, the amount we, t- you know, talked about it. We did a reading of it. We've done, you know, rehearsed it. Um, once it, you know, gets into the theater and gets on its feet, it even becomes something different because these, these ideas are not, um, uh, they're not reducible. They're not something that you could like, you uh, uh, make a summary of in a few sentences. <laughs> no, flashcards won't do um, it. <laughs> which is one of the wonderful things about a theater. Uh, the theater, you know, people agree to come there for two hours and actually think fairly deeply about stuff. And that's not something that you really get anywhere, mm. you know, in, uh, in other media. Thinking um, man's theater. Every time I ask young people to go to something like that, they moan and I try to tell them that science can be sexy actually thought can be very very sexy there's nothing more uh what do you call what's the word i guess creative fecund uh i think thinking is the last resort of people looking looking for romance for for emotional uh feelings i was reading job the other day as let me let me speak how can i find relief but to express my feelings and scientists uh are i guess i'm trying to think of the one not not Galileo, but you know they are romantic figures in history. Um, oh, wow. oh, certainly. They, I mean, well, George could speak to uh, uh, his experience of of Darwin, but all of the um, plays that we've done about scientists. I mean, somehow there's still this idea that scientists are kind of dry and drab, and uh-huh. but but particularly the great scientists. Darwin is no exception. Uh-huh. They're driven by a passion, and and it's a passion for of knowing what the world is about. Looking and for God. Yeah. God ultimately, oh. ultimately, it becomes the same thing. Ah, uh, it's oh the same God. thing as the religious uh, search. Um, yeah, so... I uh, I live in a duplex and um, have usually tried to... Um, <clears throat> excuse my voice. <clears throat> have uh, tenants 
who are in the arts. But I um, here a few years ago, I got uh, three graduate uh, physics students, uh, mm. graduate students, and it's really enlivened the discussions at our house. And I found that uh, just as in the arts and in as in uh, theology, um, that uh, the scientists are are fascinated and curious about the very edges of knowledge and, mm. and mystery and uh, that's that's uh, certainly uh, portrayed in the in this play the next layer yeah I love yeah. to be pompous and say that aesthetics is the mother of ethics right you have mm. to have the art I <clears throat> I know so many ways in which our present culture you know degrades the art the artist uh, uh, not important you know it's a frill like civilization, you know. It's something we can do without, and that's just that's just that. Uh, what is that kind of thinking? Linear, linear thought, you know. Um, somebody said, uh, "Men don't think; they measure." Yes, <laughs> you know. Uh, how much? How much can you measure? Uh, uh, what uh, the things that are happening to us today? Now, I like to measure uh, things like, uh, you know number of people on the planet <laughs> I, no, last night I was trying to think um, mega data huh? yeah well of course you know of course I know how I know how old we are George but uh, I do think it's time for people our age to talk about the revolution of touch uh, we had one back in the 60s when you and I we're young and nowadays uh, mm. if you say passion or compassion or you know, any of those new age terms people look at you uh, you know as if you're mm. a little bit a little bit dotty you know uh, is this play um, what is it for the for the um, the new romantics let's call them the uh, the uh, not not it's not that they're it's not that they're um, activists so much it's just that they they just don't want any of the old stuff they want to create a new world a brave new world you know and i don't know how how they're supposed to do that uh they they most of them use the old methods but uh surely you know darwin could show us or anyway could help us to think what is the next step in evolution where do yeah. we go mm -hmm. from here boys mm -hmm. well darwin darwin's uh what he's known for of course is the this the theory of uh, evolution by natural selection which is a kind of conceptual way of pulling together a wide variety of uh kind of underpins all of modern biology yes um it's it's kind of an important way of thinking mm -hmm. but he found it because he liked stuff he liked <laughs> you know barnacles and he liked insects and he liked collecting things and he liked you know finding out about the world and um Again, because this, you know, the, this unique situation where you have these people that are all kind of dead, but, <laughs> but still there. Dead, dead white men. But, well, they're not all white men. There's, uh, there's uh, actually a musician in the play and and a young young lady, Sarah. There you go. Um, yeah. Young Sarah. The it's, feminine it's, it's about on. it's about Malibu. It takes place in California. You have to have a young gal. Uh, and there's music in the play, which I think you know. Mm -hmm. Wonderfully, um, I, I don't know if I should reveal it to your audience, but uh, I actually uh, listening to uh, to it a few nights ago. I realized that the whole play is in the lyrics of the songs. Ah, <laughs> um, there you go. But so, 
Uh, Brian Wilson song, uh, yeah. Where Would I Be Without You? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yes, all of them, actually. Yeah. There's yeah. three songs in, yeah. the, in the play. Um, but the the um, those wider ways of knowing things are, mm-hmm. um, I think you, you have a tendency to think of science as being about, um, you know, intellectual ideas. Mm-hmm. I mean, and certainly there's a lot of intellectual ideas in the yeah. play, but... Ultimately, that's not what it's about. It's about the context of thinking: what are we? What are we doing here? What yeah. is it? Why are we here? And what mm-hmm. you know? What do we do now, now that we're yeah, some, in a body or not, or or, or what? Well, um, and and that's that plays. Uh, it, it ultimately becomes a lot of fun, and I think uh, you know, it's the last play that we did uh, was called The Secret of Life about the discovery of DNA Mm -hmm. and that's actually the last line in the fun and and in the play oh it's a lot of fun and maybe that's the secret of life (laughs) and I think most of these scientists almost all these scientists have this idea that uh, this the laughter. enjoyment. Yeah, laughter is enlightenment. That's exactly and hopefully that's what we en- engendered in the play. There's, a, there's an environmental twist in this play, too, which uh, hopefully people will um, appreciate. Of uh, Darwin was angry that uh, that man was using God to put him above nature. There you um, go. That's the biggie. And... Uh, and, um, and Forgetting our place in nature and not over nature yes. uh, is, is uh, so important. We've got to get off the air now, and I was just about to get to, <laughs> to the last step, not just systems theory, but it's the everything is everything theory. We finally <laughs> figured it out, you know. Oh, Eureka, we found it. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I forgot, and we're off the air now. It's the Berkeley City Club. Darwin in Malibu. Call them up and get your tickets. Rebecca Solnit says, It's the poignant story of someone who started out feeling like the only gay person in the entire world and ends up organizing millions of gay folks. Cleve Jones, long in the San Francisco heart of the struggle for gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender rights, helped change gay history. He'll tell the story Wednesday evening, January 25th, 7.30 p.m. at St. John's Presbyterian Church, 2727 College Avenue in Berkeley. This KPFA benefit has wheelchair access and free parking. Tickets at brownpapertickets.com or our great independent bookstores. Richard Walensky will host the amazing, inspiring, often outrageous Cleve Jones, January 